thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. Oh, it is so wonderful to be with everyone today. I am very excited that here on Wow Whispering, we are sort of feasting on the skies above, and I have a wonderful guest to share that experience with. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her in a moment, but let me first say hello to JJ Flissane. How are you today? I am fabulous. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to see what we're going to talk about because we share a real passion for something that we're going to talk about today, and I'll tell everyone in a moment what that is. But first, for those of you who don't already know JJ, let me share with you that JJ Flissane is an empowerment strategist, and she's a host of several podcast shows, including Fit to Love and Spirit, Purpose, and Energy. She's the director of Invisible Fitness and an Amazon best-selling author of Fit to Love, How to Get Physically, Emotionally, and Spiritually Fit to Attract the Love of Your Life. She was named Best Personal Trainer in Los Angeles for 2007 by Elite Traveler Magazine. And JJ has been featured in many national magazines, including Shape, Fitness, Elegant Bride, and Women's Health as well as appearing on NBC, CBS, Fox 11, The CW, and KTLA, all major networks. Her newest book is The Invisible Fitness Formula, Five Secrets to Release Weight and the End Body Shame, and it debuted at number two on the Amazon bestseller list for women's health. Wow. And here's the amazing thing that JJ is offering to our listeners today, and that is that you can get a free copy of her book at jjflazanes.com forward slash book. And I'm going to spell her last name. I'm going to spell actually her whole name. JJ is J, the letter J, then another letter J, and Flazanes is F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S dot com forward slash books, a book without an S on the end. And don't worry about it because it'll be in the show notes. You can find it. You can look at it, and you definitely want to go and get it. So, JJ, we share a real love of something that is known by a little term called astrology. And I thought it would be fun for us to talk today about something that's actually beginning as we're having this opportunity to air this podcast, which is Mercury Retrograde. Now, JJ, what do you think about Mercury retrograde and what people have as a kind of an opinion of it? Because I know you talk about this with a lot of people in different walks of life. And how do you find people feel about it when you maybe bring up that subject or they broach it to you? What do you discover? Well, the general term, uh, the general understanding of Mercury in retrograde by people that aren't really studying astrology is that they think that's when things go wrong. <laughs> that's when uh. bad things happen uh, <laughs> in the areas of communication, computers, travel, uh, deals, should make a deal during uh, Mercury in retrograde. So most people think it's a 
time where things are just going to go haywire and sort of plan for the worst. And you came on my show and did a whole <laughs> episode on retrograde cycles, Mercury being one of the planets in retrograde that we talked about. And mm -hmm. we did a very in-depth conversation about retrograde and sort of the positive aspects of having a retrograde. So I think when it comes to my community, they know a little bit more than the average person because yeah, up there on the astrology keyword list when you type it into iTunes, I come up first. So for your community too, I'm sure there's a little bit more of an awareness, but the average person, either they've never heard about it, although that's really unlikely these days, or they associate it with bad things. Well, you know, I love what you said about these days because I was just browsing around the internet as, as I usually do. And I came across an article on, of all places, Time Magazine. And I, I, here's, here's the title of the, the article. It says, this was back in July of 2018. They said, Mercury is entering retrograde again. This is why so many people care. And they went into a whole big thing about, they're saying millennials, this generation of millennials is really into astrology in a way that is unusual and is causing everybody to pay attention. Well, guess what? It's been around a little bit longer than that. <laughs> it has. And, and thank God for our millennials because... They're bringing our consciousness up faster, and it's. I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting energetic balancing that's happening because we have sort of on one side we have like the people who don't want anything to change, and then we've got millennials who are basically demanding for change, and so they are. They're definitely one of the biggest populations of my listeners, and they seem to kind of get things faster. And while there are to every generation the po the positives and the negatives. Uh, they're definitely positive is that they want change and they, they want to do the work for it and they want to be aware of it and they want to include all physical and non-physical options in that change. That's such a, a reassuring thing to hear. I always have a sense of affinity with millennials and this must be part of it. And what I find fascinating is we're talking about retrograde planets and just as a context, and you mentioned this earlier, that retrograde is a term that it applies to all the planets in our solar system. It doesn't apply to Earth only because we live here on Earth and so we don't see ourselves going faster or slower or backwards or forwards. It doesn't apply in our astrology chart to the sun or the moon because they're considered the lights. They're not really the planets. The sun, every, every, all the planets are rotating around the sun and the moon is rotating around us. So it's kind of a different deal. But you'll love this. I went and I said, let me think about a really good definition of what retrograde means because you kind of get used to it and say, well, it's going backwards. But of course, the planets never really go backwards in the sky, right? They just look like it from our point of view. So I was, again, Googling away on the, on the internet and all of a sudden I came across a really nifty definition. And to my surprise, <clears throat> that definition exists on the website for NASA the National Aeronautical and Space Administration plan, uh, uh, website, which is an official United States government website. If you think also, if you think about other entities in our government, or not even our government, but in our society, the other place that, besides the government, obviously with this NASA thing, that also acknowledges, without it even being woo-woo, uh, Mercury in retrograde, well, actually more full moons, uh, would be the hospitals. Hospitals on full moons are usually full. And so all nurses and doctors know when there's a full moon, they staff up. Yeah. So, yeah. And police departments do the same thing. 
because they get all these calls from people kind of, you know, going out and getting crazy. And sometimes during new moons, people can't sleep. And so they're, you know, they're just kind of out of their normal emotional tenor. And you can see spikes in uh, nuisances and disturbances and all those kinds of things. So I wanted to mention uh, something I, I promised a little bit of a, of a, uh, a definition. So basically, what it comes down to and why we call it retrograde is it's a matter of, we'll say, any two planets that are going around the sun, rotating around the sun. One is going faster around the sun than the other. In fact, the one that goes the fastest is that little old Mercury. It only takes 88 days to get around the sun. So when uh, something is going around the sun, there are times when it appears to be in a more forward position because it goes uh, in, in one direction, the planets go in one direction around the sun. But sometimes the bigger planet will appear to be going faster or the smaller planet will be, appear to be going faster and then it catches up and then it feels like it's and looks like it's going backwards. The perfect example is, I don't know if you've ever done this, JG, but sometimes when I'm going and I'm slowing down my car and I'm about to, to, to break to a stop and I'm next to another car that's still moving, it seems so confusing because it feels like, wait a minute, am I moving backwards? Oh, no, it's the other car. And it's this sense of sort of having to reorient your point of view about who's moving in what direction. And it's not always obvious. So when we see retrograde, we see it as a visual phenomenon, if you will, against the backdrop of all the stars in the sky, because the planets have a slightly different glow. And even the ancients knew how to chart this. So why does it matter? So from your experience, because you've really been tuning into what people complain about, what they worry about, what they feel, what do you notice is, besides the worry that people will not be able to do things easily or quickly, is there anything else you notice about that retrograde energy that you would like to share? Mercury is about communication. So mm -hmm. computers and misunderstandings and travel, those would be the top three things I think people look to. Uh, misunderstandings between people, whether it be colleagues or partners, that's either delayed or canceled, and computers that either break down or won't start or lose things or things like that. You know, I think that really hits it right uh, in the center of where people find themselves focusing. Now, what they do with that information, that's where the fun begins. And I noticed, I did a little study years ago. I said, okay, is there a way I can make Mercury retrograde my friend? And I found out there was. And the way I looked at it is, that, okay, so in a sense, Mercury, the energy of communication is such that sometimes you think you're going along fine and all of a sudden, boom, you run into a brick wall where it's not gonna go the way you expected it to because somebody else has another point of view or maybe you weren't paying attention and you didn't communicate clearly and now you've got a snafu to untangle. And I like to think of it as almost looking under the rug and saying what's been hiding under there that needs to be addressed and retrograde energy will bring that up to the surface like knock, 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 you can't be ignoring this anymore. Have you ever found anything like that? Well, I agree that let's look at, rather than look at something as what is it going to do to me, look at it as what can it teach me? What is this opportunity that I have versus I'm a victim to the, st the sign and the, straw and the stars and, the, and what's happening with the planets? 
rather than look at it like that, think about it as a time to rebalance, recalibrate, clean up something. So I'm, I'm all about the empowering of the situation and utilizing the information. I just had a session today with a client about astrology and mm -hmm. I don't do astrology readings like you do. I do them differently. I work with people in relationship and I look at people's charts and how they deal with people, how they internalize their emotions, how they should process their emotions, how, what their needs are in terms of, you know, a lot of the earth signs need stability and to, to them stability means security, but for others it looks controlling. So just interpretation and compassion is how I use astrology because I always think of it as an opportunity to take what, you know, something that doesn't really work very well, or maybe someone has a lot of, they're overly sensitive, or they have an affinity for defensiveness, rather than saying, well, that's bad, saying, well, how can I work with it? How can I transform that and without trying to change it and, and really look through the lens of empowerment? Ah, empowerment. What a fantastic concept, because you know you're using that wonderful, I love the RE words with retrograde. So talking about renewal and reviewing and in a sense, refreshing, uh, maybe even your point of view such that you can see things from a different point of view and suddenly uh, options show up and open up. Agreed. So when we were talking about getting together, uh, JJ shared a couple of things with me. I, I asked her about um, how she might think of wow in relationship to astrology and what might be a whisper. And I want to share with you what she said and, and ask you, JJ, if you want to elaborate a little bit about that. Uh, she said that in terms of a wow, astrology really made sense of behaviors for her. So I'd like to know what that wow is all about for you. Well, just sort of like I was giving a recall of a client that I just had today where I was looking at her astrology along with her husband's astrology and without knowing him, uh, giving her different points of view, different reasons why he does what he does, looking at why she does what she does, possibly how to communicate differently or better in that situation. When I was younger, I would look at a situation, and I'm a Pisces, and uh, didn't know my moon at the time. Back then, I know all of my planets now, but at the time, I just knew that I was Pisces, I was sensitive, I was water, I was emotion, and I would look at a situation, and I let's say I was horrified. And then I would look around at everyone else who was looking at the situation and I would think, why is no one else reacting the way I'm reacting? Mm -hmm. And it would bring up a frustration in me and I really just didn't understand. I just thought everyone else stupid. And so <laughs> I realized that that was not going to serve me later in life. Uh, not that I knew I didn't have an answer for it. But when I started to study it, it gave me the reasons why certain people look at a situation and respond differently, interpret it differently, um, vibrate with it differently, because it may or may not be something they value. And, and learning astrology gave me those answers. And so now I have a lot more compassion as well as an insight to why people act the way they act or react the way they react or deal with or don't deal with their feelings or need to deal with their feelings. Yeah. So astrology really opened my eyes to how people are different. Isn't it great to have a sense of that not everybody thinks the same way? And I think when we're, when we're little kids, you know, we're just beginning to distinguish ourselves as individuals. That is really revolutionary when we reach that point, or maybe we reach it in our teens or our early adult years, and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, the whole world 
is now a different place for us, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that teaching children about astrology earlier on would help with compassion. Oh, now that is a very interesting concept. I like that a lot. And, and why I do is that there's a sense I have of astrology as being a powerful way to communicate using symbolism, to really take not necessarily the left brain thing. This is, well, I've got to measure how, how big the planet is, and I've got to measure exactly wh- how, what the distance is from Earth. But what it's saying is, what are the qualities that when this planet is kind of up for us and present and visible in the sky or in a certain set of signs, what are the qualities that come forward? And little kids are always looking for meaning in life. They're always looking to understand and grasp. And they have a tremendous capacity don't you think, for inventiveness and intuition and kind of grasping things um, on that, I'm going to say, inspired level? Sure. I I think that kids would benefit, because I still don't even really deal with the planets when I do my astrology, meaning like what's going on right now. It's more of just a birth chart, natal chart. But what I think would help with kids is to not to be less judgmental towards others. So, yeah, so basically, so for little kids, there's a sense that they have this capacity for learning, this capacity for grasping and making sense of things that are brand new to them. Absolutely. Kids learn at a lightning speed. So giving them as much information as we can early on about diversity and how our brains work and how our astrology works and even using left and right brain to throw in there would help people be kinder to each other for sure. Oh, we could so use that on the planet these days. Mm -hmm. So I want to share with everyone a whisper that JJ shared with me and when you think about the energy of, wow, it's, it's exciting, it's expressive, sometimes it's even visible or visual, but whispers are quiet, they're intimate, sometimes they sneak up on us and then they catch our attention, sometimes without us even realizing it. And I love what JJ said, she said, my intuition and subconscious taught me a lesson about receiving. Would you like to share a little bit about that? Sure. So being a Pisces, being water, having some Sag and understanding sort of the flowy waterness of me definitely helped me to know I had access, easy access. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to just uh, say something here, which is we have taken an informal little pause here because Mercury being the planet of communications and the fact that we are at the beginning of Mercury going retrograde and here we are on March 5th when we're airing, which happens to be JJ's birthday. How great that we're celebrating this with a very modern day virtual conversation. We also had some computer tools to try and, you know, tighten up and get them to uh, work the way we want them to. So we're getting a perfect example of what one has to adjust to in the realms of retrograde planetary experience. So I'm finding that very amusing. (laughs) I think telling the computers and the internet we were going into retrograde made them all nervous. (laughs) Absolutely. We know that computers were programmed by human beings. So somewhere, you know, it's fascinating because the vibrations of how we all impact each other, they're very real. It's just that we don't really quite know how to measure the impact we have on each other in that invisible. We sometimes sense it, we sometimes feel it, but we can't really control it. So this is a perfect example. So, you know, the universe is having its fun with us. 
That it is. <laughs> so let's continue with our conversation we're having, in which I loved that you're bringing up um, the, 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 the conversation about really making astrological information and an astrological context available to kids so they can have another point of view on how to understand and appreciate each other. And then we were talking about uh, your own experience of a whisper that came your way uh, that came when you said your intuition and your subconscious taught you a lesson about receiving. So I believe when I filled that form out, uh, I don't know that I was, it was about astrology and intuition. Oh. I will say the connection between astrology and intuition is that I'm a Pisces. So I understand that I've got an ability, as we all do, we all have the ability to listen to our intuition for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's one that I think I've gotten in the way of in times because I really enjoy the left brain masculine part of me mm -hmm. and that doer producer part of me is often is a little bit noisy and doesn't quiet up enough for me to listen to the messages that my intuition wants to give me. So when you talked about the wow versus the whisper, uh, in my life, the whisper is really strengthening the quietness that I and the availability and the receiving of the information that I'm getting all the time, daily, every day, every hour, every minute from my intuition. I think that is a magnificent way of essentially pointing out something that I think many people, uh, if they didn't start out this way, they kind of got this way because modern life trains us to go, 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 do, 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 and in a sense, shut off anything that's causing us to maybe want to step back a moment, take a pause, take a look, and yet we do need that shift in rhythm in order to have a more holistic experience of life. And and, and you're sharing that receptivity that you're gaining beautifully. And I'm sensing that will encourage our listeners as well. Well, I think there's something to be said about the reason why things are so fast. Mm -hmm. You know, as we keep expanding and evolving between just human consciousness as well as technology, we have, we have expanded and evolved past our human biology, <laughs> beyond uh -huh. our capabilities. So our minds at one point we're faster than our computers and now that's not the case. Our computers are faster than our minds and uh, technology continues to, it's like a momentum that is so big that not that I think it's going to combust or anything, but there, there will be more and more a need to remind ourselves that we are human. We are not mechanical. And while this momentum works in our favor, if we're in alignment with it, we can also be taken over by it if we aren't aware of it. And, and that's the difference between, I think, consciousness versus unconsciousness and being connected to understanding the difference of what's going on in the world, both from a conscious level, astrologically, uh, in terms of negative energies, positive energies, momentums, and expansion. And then remembering that we are still human. We still need to sleep six to nine hours every night. We still need to eat a certain number of calories every day and drink a certain amount of water to survive. Like That has never changed. So I think balance is going to be a new need in our lives that we're going to need to learn, even though we think we know it, but we aren't practicing it. Well, this is a beautiful way to really acknowledge something that you bring to this whole conversation, which is your expertise and your experience in the realm of health and wellness and your recognition that success in these arenas and any arena really 
requires your mind, your body, your soul's journey to be in alignment. And that's something that so many people say they're struggling with. You know, we see them struggling with it and, and people even say that they are. I know for me, the idea of getting enough sleep every night, that takes real work on my part. And it wasn't until, oh, I'm going to say in the last decade that I finally said, all right, I, I think I'm going to actually commit to sleep as a spiritual path. <laughs> Good. It's not only a spiritual path, it's a health path. It is, it's not, we need it for so many functions of our body. So when you're not getting it, it's not really a choice. I mean, it is, you, you can choose not to sleep, but your body will react to that in a not a positive way. Yeah. And sometimes it, it takes a while for it to show up and then, uh oh, your, your goose is really cooked. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a little too late to sort of brush it away and say, well, okay, I'll reform and everything will be peachy keen. So yeah, these, what's interesting too is by identifying an example in health where sleep, you know, you think that's pretty darn basic, but our minds can start racing. And, you know, Mercury rules this idea of communications. It's, it's, it's known in symbolism as the messenger of the gods. And Mercury uh, would, would race along with literally wings on his feet but carrying the caduceus, and the caduceus is that symbol for health with the wand, with the two snakes intertwined, this idea that he's not just communicating about everything, he's also communicating with the notion that, you know, there's, there's an ideal of health, there's an ideal of well-being that he's cradling in his arms as a symbol of something that we human beings sometimes forget to do, yeah? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So as we talk about retrograde, it's a reminder that one of the best ways, and I know you've done this, and I've certainly been uh, on, a, on a mission to, to incorporate this, is the idea that when a retrograde period happens, and we have these wonderful books called Ephemerides, which tell us exactly when things are happening. I want to share with our uh, listeners today that we are going into a Mercury retrograde period that begins on March 5th, 2019, and goes through March 28th. 2019. And that is the period where the planet appears from Earth to be going retrograde. And that is the time when the energy is such that it really is a great time to renew and, and, and rethink and go deep and refresh and re-energize re our lives. But there's a little secret about some time before and some time after. For people who really have some of the details of astrology down, they've noticed that based on the degrees and signs that it's in. And by the way, the Mercury retrograde is going to be happening in Pisces, your birth sign. Mercury is never more than about 28 degrees away from the sun. So it's typically often in the same sign as the sun is at a, at a given moment's time. So what you're going to find is that starting on February 18th or 19th is when the, the preamble to Mercury retrograde occurs. And then after March 28th, through April 16th, I'll call it the post-amble, where you have this kind of preview of coming attractions before Mercury officially goes retrograde, then it is, and then as it's moving away, once it's gone direct again, you have the sort of the cleanup and the, the completion to really bring to fruition whatever lessons you've learned, whatever discoveries you made, whatever ahas and insights, and maybe even the wows that want to suddenly, you know, shine in the, in the sunlight. So we have an opportunity here to celebrate together a chance to give people some little extra pizzazz for them to deal with Mercury retrograde. And once we get that under our belts, we can start to do that with all the planets. Sounds good to me.
So I'm going to invite us to take a formal little pause here for just a moment, and we'll be right back. So our listeners who have just joined us, you may want to go back to the beginning and hear more from my guest, J.J. Blazanes, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Thank you for being with us on Wow Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature NCGR, which is the National Council for Geocosmic Research. It is a nonprofit organization dedicated to raising the standards of astrological education and research. Along with its U.S. membership, it includes a growing number of national members and sponsors in 30-plus local chapters in 20 U.S. states and four countries. Its special interest groups foster dialogue on various astrological specialties, and its online education and educational conference bring astrologers from around the world together to grow and learn together. Their sister organization is NCGR-PAA and allows students to leverage their astrological education into professional certification. They welcome new members, and you can find out more about them at their website, which is geocosmic.org. That's G-E-O-C-O-S-M-I-C.org. Our second organization is NASA, which is the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. We all know NASA as the place to be if you want to know how to get off the planet and find out extraordinary things about, well, the solar system we live in, for starters. So they're all about the future. So on their website, they ask the question, what's next for NASA? Well, their vision is that we reach for new heights and reveal the unknown for the benefit of humankind. Thousands of people have been working around the world and off of it for decades, trying to answer some really basic questions. What's out there? How do we get there? What will we find? What can we learn there? Or learn just by trying to get there. That will make life better here on Earth. So what's up immediately in the solar system beyond? Well, NASA is going to add to its existing robotic fleet at the Red Planet, with the InSight Mars lander set to study the planet's interior. The Mars 2020 rover will look for signs of past microbial life, gather samples for future return to Earth, and investigate resources that could someday support astronauts right there on Mars. And they're also going to be sending humans out into the solar system, Moon to Mars, the Space Launch System rocket, is going to be building on the growing scientific knowledge of our solar system, NASA is developing the most advanced rocket and spacecraft to lead the next steps of human exploration farther into space than we have ever traveled before. And then there's the International Space Station. The International Space Station, ooh, doesn't that sound romantic and interesting and kind of overwhelming and definitely a wow all on its own. Humans have already been living and working off the Earth in the one-of-a-kind research laboratory in microgravity. The International Space Station serves as a blueprint for global cooperation and scientific advancement, a destination for growing a commercial marketplace in low Earth orbit, and a testbed for demonstrating new technologies. Research on the station 
It's the springboard to NASA's next great leap in exploration, sending humans into deep space. And they've got even more missions planned about flight, space technology, and of course, Earth. So you can learn more about them at nasa.nasa.gov. So what's next is on their page called nasa.gov forward slash about forward slash what's underscore next dot html but you can go there and find it and take a look at our show notes and you'll see more so lots more to learn lots more to discover and here we are oh my goodness and i love to say we're back now because back reminds me of retrograde so jj you have so many wonderful insights that really connect you with what i'm going to say is the 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 real work of living every day you know your clients who you empower to live life and you are an empowerment strategist. So you really get connected with people in a way that I sense brings them more in alignment with themselves. Maybe some of the parts and pieces they haven't been paying attention to. And so you bring astrology into that. You bring the power of communication into that. And I would love to hear anything that you're inspired to share with our listeners who may be wondering, well, how do I make the power of astrology mine? How do I make the power of living more something that I can, I'm going to say, get the best out of. So that's a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, that's a big topic. Let me, let me boil this down to, again, I use astrology and I'm not going to use astrology in this whole answer, but I'll just cap off and sure. kind of complete the astrology conversation. I use astrology to better understand myself. I use astrology to better understand others how to communicate with people. Uh, as you remember last night, uh, when we, the day after we recorded this, or the day before we recorded this, we were at a dinner and I could have literally gone around the room and known 75% of everybody's astrology without them telling, I mean, I knew it and I remember it. And I remember it because it makes sense to me. It, it tells me how people love to communicate and why. I mean, again, there's only 12 signs, but and, and even though it's one aspect, it's not the whole chart, it gives me information that I find valuable for both compassion and connection mm -hmm. and how to communicate. If I need to tell somebody something who it's like have one of those difficult conversations, if I understand their astrology and it, not even just masculine, feminine energy, I'm going to know. In fact, I had trainers once that used to work for me. I had a bigger company and trainers that would go all around Southern California. And, you know, some people would say it's masculine and feminine, but that didn't track. I had two trainers, both of which a guy and a girl. One was a cancer, one was a Pisces. So water signs and emotional. Then I had two other guys that were both Aries. And I would, I, I knew that I could say to both men, the Aries men, I could say, I need your vouchers, send them as soon as you can. Thanks. And that would be fine. Now, if I sent that same sentence to the guy the, who was a Pisces, he would think I was mad at him. If, oh. I didn't, if I didn't say, hey, how you doing? Hope everything's going well. <laughs> hey, by the way, can you send me my vouchers? Because I really would like to get everybody paid and, and bill the clients. And thanks so much and have a great day. <laughs> I knew that I had, to, I had to bookmark that what I needed with, with pleasantries and with emotion to both the girl and the guy that were water signs, or yeah. they would think I was mad at them. So to me, Astrology, again, gives me the way to communicate. Now, that is why I teach it at my workshops. I teach it on my podcast, but I teach it in a very specific way. And mm -hmm. I don't really use it as a predicting tool. I don't really use it 
I mean, I, I don't really read horoscopes. It's more of always a natal chart and then energetically how you connect with the world, how you utilize emotions, and then just how to better yourself. What, uh, what ways can you transform a pattern that may be influenced by your sign? And, uh, and another way that I, one of the things that I use big time, it's actually been one of those sort of breakout successes that I've had, is to really live the law of attraction and to teach it on a level that most people don't receive it. And what I mean by that is that most people think if they've watched The Secret or you know, if they've heard people talk about affirmations, really understanding frequency and vibration is really where law of attraction is. And most people think putting a vision board up with a bunch of pictures, walking away from it, never looking at it again, and uh, or saying something they actually don't feel, like, oh, I want a million dollars, but you don't believe it. And actually, when you think about it, you have a pit in your stomach. And then wondering why law of attraction doesn't work for you or why you keep manifesting things you don't want. So my show, Spirit, Purpose, and Energy, was sort of like a runaway hit because I did combine law of attraction with astrology, with numerology, with communication styles and understanding emotions. So I love taking the left brain concepts and applying them to right brain issues because the right brain, as we know, is that creative, it's the emotional, it's the passion, it's the love, but it's uncontainable. And sometimes people just think emotions exist in the world and they don't. <laughs> the emotions are, <laughs> are a result of an interpretation, which happens in your logical brain, not in your emotions. So, so anyway, so I love teaching the anatomy of emotion and then sort of how to, you know, the anatomy of how to process emotion, because most people have no idea how to actually process an emotion, how to either A, feel it and release it, and then to problem solve it and to even be conscious of the interpretation that led you to the emotion in the first place. Because some people will say, well, I always deal with something like this, or I have this new tool that, I, that lets me to feel less frustrated with you. But I'm like, but that's not, that's not solving the problem. That's a coping mechanism. That's different than problem solving and processing. So I'm about empowering people to go within and really master all parts of who you are and then know how to interact in life with the energies that be and how to align yourself with the best of the best of what you want so that you can actually live out your passions, your purpose and having a really fun life. This is such a perfect um, journey through what you are, which is an empowerment strategist. And strategist is an equally important word in that phrase that JJ is all about giving people the both sides of the equation, if we will, the left brain, the right brain, the emotions, the thoughts, all the elements that have to do with being, as you say, having not only your spirit, but your purpose and your energy available for life. So how beautifully named your business and your communications and your podcasts are, you really are bringing forward the kind of energy that once people get a flavor of it, get a taste of it, get uh, communication, receive what it is that you're communicating, they now have tools that can begin to really make their own. Absolutely. And for those to weave back in astrology, which I was trying to get rid of, uh, to weave back in <laughs> astrology, for those people who are air and water, and they don't have a lot of structure, 
uh, they, this is why, this is why you understand your energies of your astrology to say, you know what? I don't have any, I'm not grounded. If I don't ground myself, I'm going to fly away. Like I need structure. And so you have to figure out if you can't get it within because it's not part of your blueprint astrologically, then you're going to have to find a partner or a practice or some kind of accountability Mm -hmm. or something that works for you that provides what you can't do yourself because you're not necessarily built to do it that way. So that's why I love like what you just said. It's true. It's why there has to be the left and the right brain part because we're all both and we're trying to balance both and we all need both. You can't just be flying in the wind and, and think you're going to feel ever stable or secure because you're, you're an emotional, you know, uh, uncontainable, uh, again, particle that's just flying around and, and there's a little bit of a victim in that because you don't feel like you're actually driving the train, you're being driven. And on the <laughs> same side, people that are too structured forget that they have feelings and then wonder why they're unhappy because they're so stuck in their box of lack of freedom and, and not knowing how to express what goes on for them. So they're, they're both very important. And yes, the, the strategic side is as important as the expression side, and they are both needed. Well, what is terrific, I often say to people when I'm looking at their charts, you know, if somebody has a real strong preponderance of certain signs and certain qualities of energy, that they're going to attract people who want to come and learn from them because they, the people who are being attracted to them don't have the same abundance of that particular type of energy. And sometimes when people come to learn from you, they don't necessarily come to learn from you by sitting quietly at your feet and drinking it all in with you know, happiness and reverence. Sometimes they try and knock you off the pedestal they just put you on to see if they really have to get outside their comfort zone and do something different. So what's really wonderful is when you start learning what qualities you have in abundance, you can share them with others, knowing that they're going to learn and take away what they need and want. It may not look like what you think it should, but you can do the same with them and with other people. And eventually we start to really enjoy those differences amongst each other, and we start to pick up some new skills from each other. And how wonderful that astrology has some really, I'm going to say, just sort of juicy, wonderful symbols that make us feel good, like, you know, Leo the lion, and, um, you know, Libra the balancing the scales, and uh, that pesky, uh, that pesky Scorpio who comes along and says, oh, I can see anything and I can figure out anything. And, you know, Sagittarius is busy teaching. So all these kind of exciting ways to to symbolize energy that in fact has a real oomph and a real vitality and a real purpose. So I love that you uh, have used your Piscean energy to kind of flow into many different parts of humanity and connect up with people who are probably very different from you but really enjoy getting that Piscean flow that they may have very little of themselves. Well, it's funny. You just went through your little list. I, uh, most of my <laughs> planets are actually in Sag. So that's where the teacher part of me comes in. And I also, because of that balanced brain and sort of balanced approach, I find I attract a lot of left brain people who have a curiosity about spirit and astrology and law of attraction, but haven't found anyone yet to deliver the information in a way that is applicable to them or palpate, you know, that they get. It's not structured. It's just too woo-woo. And I can kind of bring some structure to the woo-woo. And so they go, wow, I, I, now I understand. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just as in every uh, uh, arena of life, there are certain disciplines and there are many teachers in a given discipline in the world of astrology, you want to be 
communicating with someone who has expertise, but they have a way of presenting it that really connects with you and speaks a language that you can hear and vice versa so that there is a two-way exchange. It's, it is always about having that communication really resonate and allow you, wherever you may be at this moment, to connect to something that's a little bit beyond, but at the same time, you can comprehend it, you can get it, and you can say, aha, now I see what I'm going to do next. And I've just taken a few more steps on my journey with the support of someone who's you know, show me a little bit of illumination along the way. So that's perfect that you have that capacity and that people really know to, to come and knock on your door and say, hey, JJ, what's up with me? Well, I agree with you. A lot of us are saying similar messages and how you're going to hear it from who you resonate with the most. So it's not that anyone's information is necessarily not good or, or that different, but we're going to be attracted to that which is most like us or the most like what we want to be. Yeah, yeah. So, my goodness, we could talk about this for a long time, but I'm just excited to have the opportunity to have someone who's really just right out there in the world of connecting with people, knowing that retrograde periods come and go. We got a few of them every year with Mercury going retrograde, and then we got other planets that are going retrograde at slower paces and for longer periods of time. Or, uh, for example, this year in 2019, neither Venus nor Mars go retrograde. So we have the opportunity for their planetary energies to just keep sailing ahead straight forward. And we started out 2019 with all the planets direct, which doesn't happen very often. So the year has started out with a real sense of momentum. So it's only as we now get to March 5th, you know, that's not quite a third of the way through the year or not quite a quarter of the way through the year, but we essentially now have an opportunity to relax for a minute, slow down, accept that the pace is going to shift for a little bit, regroup and then go out there with renewed energy for the next chapters of your adventure. So, JJ, I want to remind people of how they can be in touch with you. So let me tell you that the easiest way to reach her is on her website, which is jjflizanes.com, which is the letter J, then the letter J again, then F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S.com. And that is a great place to go for JJ's very generous offer of her book, uh, which is, there's a free copy available at jjflizanes.com forward slash book. And you can find her on social media, on Instagram under jjflizanes and on Facebook under, uh, now it says here jflizanes. Is it J or JJ on your, on your Facebook? So the business page is jflizanes because I'm full on the friend page. So I ah. can't take anybody over there anymore. Okay, good. Well, that's good to know. So people know that the, they may can see you on the other, but if they really want to get connected with you, go to Jay Flizanes. And so that'll all be in the show notes as well. And I just want to thank you so much. I, I always feel enlivened talking, talking stars and planets with you, JJ. It's just a pleasure. Thank you, Diana. I love talking about stars and planets with you as well. <laughs> well, everyone, just go out and let the sunshine, let the moon rise, and let you and everyone in your life benefit from the beautiful energy surrounding our planet. And we will be back with you very soon. Take care. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.